You know, it, it's not always pretty, but a win's a win. It's effective. And whether or not you believe in this Suns team, I don't care. Because if you're watching this, you probably do. 13 in a row. 13 in a row for the Phoenix Suns. And don't get me wrong. Got a little nervous there at the end, right? San Antonio Spurs go on a 16-4 to run to end the game. They end up scoring 36 points in the fourth quarter to the Suns' 25. But because you play so well during the first three quarters, because you do what you're supposed to do against a lowly San Antonio Spurs team, a team that entered this game 4-11 and and 2-4 and at home, you've built up enough equity, if you will, in the first three quarters that allows you to sustain that run at the end of the game and ultimately the Phoenix Suns win by a score of 115 to 111 against those hated, annoying San Antonio Spurs. Welcome, Matthew. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Um, you know, the Spurs, they're just, they're ugly. They're nasty. Um, one guy that might fit in on the team, I feel like, would be like a Shamit. Shamit looks like he's a Spur, and he had a hell of a game tonight. But the Spurs, <laughs> I was just thinking You're that the whole right. time. But, um, the, the way the Spurs play now is just they're they're young. It's the youngest team that coach coach Popovich has coached. And they're just they're they're so sucky and still so terrible to watch. It just it kind of brings me down a little bit. I don't know why. My mood when I see they're playing the Spurs, I'm like, I don't want to watch this too much. Of course, the the butt whooping that the Suns put on them was nice in the beginning of the game, most of the game. So that that helped a little bit. So I get what you're saying because it's it's kind of like post traumatic Spurs disorder, where there's enough yeah. of a history against this team that when you see them, uh, one to your point, and you've made this multiple times in the past. Whenever we play the Spurs, they're like the ugliest team in sports. They always have a bunch of guys who are just <laughs> ugly dudes. Uh, so that's why maybe you're referencing Shamit should be a member of the San Antonio nah, Spurs. Not ugly. No, no. But I mean, he, he's got a Spurs mug. I can totally see he him does. on the Spurs. He does. Uh, but yeah, no, I get it. Because whenever you play the Spurs, you know what you're going to be into. You know what kind of game you're going to be playing, right? Because yeah, of yeah. Greg Popovich, because of the culture that he's instilled in that organization, you know it's going to be a drawn-out, physical uh, you know, it's like a boxing match. And if you were to go into a boxing match and you just start watching it and they, you go, listen, just so you know, it's going to be 12 rounds of just physicality at the front end of that. You probably be like, dude, like, I don't want to watch that. I want to see someone get knocked out. Right. Like who watches boxing boxing is like, dude, I want to see all 12 rounds in this thing. Right. It's like, no, you want to see somebody get knocked out. And in this game, it felt like the Suns had thrown a, the, the, the big blow and really had kind of put the Spurs away. And again, in true Spurs fashion, they come storming back and make it a game at the end of it, uh, forcing the Suns into some bad turnovers. But again, ultimately, they win. Yeah, and being a fellow boxer myself, yes, maybe in the future I can box some of you jamsters if you guys want to go one on one, do it for some charity, you know, throw a couple twenty bucks down and <laughs> see. We, who can we could use that money for. Quick. We could we could use that money for bet on it because uh, I feel like we continually yes. lose that. But uh, but anyways, we got plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Yeah. So if you're listening on whatever podcasting platform you are listening on, please subscribe while you're here. Uh, we appreciate it. If you're watching along live on YouTube, hit that thumbs up and be- uh, thumbs up button below. It helps with the algorithms. It lets everybody know that you're enjoying the content that you are consuming post Suns game. Uh, we definitely are 
uh, grateful to all the Jamsters who've shown up and they've joined the Elite Jamsters and they've done so by clicking join on the YouTube channel or following the link in the description as well. We appreciate that. And uh, it's going to be a fun podcast because Matthew's got one of those Deschutes IPAs. I know it. You're rocking a Deschutes. Oh my God. What am I? I'm sitting here right now and I have nothing in front of me. Should I just go grab one really quick? It takes two I mean, seconds. We need, we need the sound. While you're doing that, right. I'll explain this beverage that I'm drinking. Uh, as you can see, I'm wearing orange. Okay. And I'm wearing this It's Our Turn Beat the Spurs shirt, one of my favorite shirts I own. It's from the 2010 playoffs when the Phoenix Suns swept the San Antonio Spurs. I think Matthew fell down. Uh oh. Uh, but I'm drinking an orange Gatorade because I literally, I literally just got <laughs> All right. I'm back. What is right. my problem? I'm you drinking know, an orange Gatorade. All right. You got the Gatorade. I got the, the shoots. There you go. Let's do this. We need you to pop that muffo open. Ooh. And let's talk about that win number 13. Good. 13, Suns fans. 13. Franchise record. Thirteen in a row by your Phoenix Suns, the hottest team in the NBA, one of the hottest franchises uh, or teams that this franchise has ever seen. Matthew, it's not a it's not a franchise record yet. Uh, <laughs> we have to we have to tie it with seventeen. So, but we're only four games away, and I think if if my math serves me correctly, uh, we would tie that record against the Golden State Warriors. So that's going to be really interesting. So I hope we keep winning so we have an opportunity to do that uh, just to shut yeah. everybody else up because I feel like there's a lot of chatter relative to the Phoenix Suns not being that good because, you know, well, you know they didn't play the stars and all that fun stuff. <laughs> but, you know, I don't want to ask that. I don't want to ask that. Matthew, I got to ask. So, Matthew, I got to ask, how much of this game did you actually see? Because I actually only saw the last three minutes. Uh, I'm in Reno, as you can see. You know, last night I'm at home. Now I'm in a hotel room. I've got beautiful Wi-Fi. It's fantastic. But the restaurant I was yeah. working in tonight was rather busy. So I was kind of trying to follow the, the score along on my phone. Uh, but I really didn't see the game. And I know that you typically work <laughs> at, you know, uh, up until like 530. And this was a weird 630 Arizona start, 530 in Pacific time where I'm at. Uh, so how much did you see? I saw the whole thing. I was two minutes late, two minutes into the game. I sat down. Finally, I, I picked up a salad on the way and chowed that down. And then Ooh. I just started taking notes to probably halfway through. So I don't know if these are things we should tell the jamsters or where you missed the whole game. I started taking notes halfway through the game. <laughs> you know, if they want our in-depth look at a game, you know, just a, a nice recap, then should they know these things? Like, should they know that? Well, I, I, I'm going to say this to the jamsters, Okay. Get used to this because this upcoming weekend, obviously, it's going to be Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, my stepdaughter, Matthew's niece, turns 21 today. So happy birthday to Ashley. Yes, happy birthday, Ashley. 21 years old today. So we're actually going to be going to Vegas on Friday morning and taking her up there. for. So God help us all. But obviously, Friday and Saturday, <laughs> the Suns play the Knicks and the Nets. So we're still going to do our podcast, but it's going to yeah. be a lot shorter. It's going to be uh, us probably on the strip talking about what we'd see or analyzing a couple statistics of what we've seen uh, versus doing the full on, you know, hour long shows that you're used to. 
So I think that tonight is just kind of a preview of that. I've saw very minimal of the game. Matthew saw the whole game, but he didn't take any notes. I don't know why. What what like no, what, I, kind, of, I, I, what kind of salad did you get that you're I'm like, dude, like, I'm not even writing anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so hungry, so I just sat there and then I was in a kind of like a little uh, little coma or something weird. But a I was salad watching, I was coma? Thinking, yeah, I was well, I just a coma from just the day. I don't even know what it was. A little foggy, but I was watching. I, I know what happened. All right. I can go back through my mind. I can tell you guys what happened and Basically, yeah, you you guessed it, right? The bench showed up, and then the starters showed up later in the game. So basically, you know, a, a team that is built by their bench last year, this year, you see flashes of it, but it's never mm-hmm. something that is just it's never something that's been consistent, but then you have Shamit going off at certain points in the game that helps us. Cam Johnson will hit a couple threes to help us at certain points. And then you have McGee, of course, you just have everyone stepping up. And then as soon as the game gets a little bit closer, the, uh, the starters can come in and they can take over and they can make sure that we get the W, even though it did end closer, even though I didn't start doing laundry. Cause I'm like, okay, maybe I have to watch this one because the Suns might be in a little bit of trouble. They pulled off. They pulled off because Cameron Payne, the main guy off the bench, running point guard, taking over for Chris Paul in this game, was just the main man. Not a whole lot of yells today. I don't think I saw one yell from him today. So he's really? very, very focused. He had to save that energy to use it every play and not waste it on a scream, I think. So to your point, Cameron Payne, if you look at his box score, he ended with 20 points tonight in 20 minutes played, 6 of 12 from the field, 2 of 5 from the uh, three-point line, and 6 for 7 from deep. He also had three assists, three rebounds, and a steal. So, uh, you know, again, just being a box score reader and not actually seeing the game tonight, my assumption is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Matthew, he was attacking tonight. He was uh, getting to the rim, and if he wasn't finishing, he was getting himself to the line. Is that correct? No, totally correct. And it was funny because I think the last time he was knocked down under the basket, McGee was helping him up again. And they were laughing. It's like, oh, you're in the same spot again. Here you are drawing the foul. But the way he was drawing it, he gave himself a chance to really throw it up off the glass and have a chance to make it. Um, but he knew he was going to draw the contact from these guys and he would lay into them. And you know the way it is this year where contact is either given or it's not. Yeah. You're gonna There's going to be some contact, but the foul is either given or not. And he was getting the fouls called underneath the basket. That's another thing tonight where I was just thinking, like, he's taking over this game where Chris Paul, I mean, he had a good game, of course, but, I mean, 12-4, and four, but he was just basically a guy that – needed a little bit of rest and Cameron mm-hmm. Payne just made sure he came in and gave the feel that the Suns needed to really just take over this game. And it should have been, of course, more of a blowout. But then I also get sick of hearing, you know, okay, the Spurs, they're never going to give up. And there, it's only a nine point lead. It's like, of course it is. It's a back to back. The Suns team is tired. It's going to be a hard fought game. It's the Spurs. It's Popovich. He wants to beat the Suns. Any team right now wants to beat the Suns. So I don't really get into the whole thing where it's like, oh, it's only a nine point lead. What's going on? Oh, this team's still trying. Of course they are. They're NBA players. And nowadays, I feel like these teams kind of try a little bit harder against the Suns. So it makes sense. No, I completely agree. And, you know, it's you're going to see this night in, night out. And and you have to think back to when the Phoenix Suns were on the other side of this equation. Remember how Phoenix would go down and, and be down 20, 25 points in a game. But they would never stop fighting back when it was the Devin Booker and TJ Warren years. And they would get back in the game and they make it close, but ultimately they couldn't close the opposition out because they use so much energy to get back into those games. You're seeing that because these are professional athletes. Nobody's going to go in there and be like, well, you know, Suns are on a 12 game win streak. We're four and 11. 
you know, they're 13 and three. I guess we're just going to have to suck tonight. No matter what, you're going to get a, the best lick possible from the opposition night in and night out because these are talented athletes who have been the best player on their team their entire life. So they're not going to go out there and mail it in. They don't have they're not Kevin Love. OK, uh, that that's next game. That's when we, that's when we play the Cleveland Cavaliers. So mm-hmm. it, it, when you look at the Spurs, you look at their culture, Spurs culture, all that fun stuff. You know, it's going to be a dogfight. And, you know, to your point, kudos to Chris Paul. Again, I, I'm going to give him a shout out on this because you mentioned it. Twelve and four tonight. OK, wasn't the best Chris Paul night, right? He's six for 12 from the field. Uh, he only had two rebounds. You know, if you look at the plus minus, he was a minus 14. Both him and Jay Crowder were a minus 14 tonight, which tied for the worst on the team. But because this team is so deep and because uh, Cameron Payne picked him up tonight, he could play the way that he played tonight. And that's the key to a good team. And we know this because we're watching this team night in and night out. And we know mm-hmm. what good basketball looks like. And yeah. this isn't good basketball. This is great basketball that we're witnessing. Whether or not we're playing Jokic or Luka, you know, or we're playing the Spurs or the Rockets, the Pelicans, like you still have to lace them up and play the team that's uh, against you. And I see it. You know, we've had a couple people comment in you on our YouTube channel about how the Suns are, you know, they're playing shitty teams and yada, yada, yada. It's like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'd rather be on this side of the equation versus the same, you know, the, the other side of the coin, right? That the Phoenix Suns are going against the San Antonio Spurs and they're losing and they're going against the Rockets and they're losing and they can't beat the, the Mavericks who were without uh, uh, Luka Doncic. So, you know, damned if you do damned, if you don't, and I don't give a damn. How about that? <laughs> no, you're totally right. And, and, we forget about this. It's like just, you know, it's it's these games where you're going to win it, and then the next game you forget about this one and move on to the next one. Just like a loss. you got to forget about it and move on to the next. So you brought up Chris Paul. The stats weren't so amazing, but there was two amazing plays he made on the court that you can literally hear him. Um, it was <laughs> There was an inbound pass, and Jamsters, you probably remember this. There was an inbound pass from the Spurs, and CP3 thought that the Suns had the ball. And he was looking at the Spurs player inbounding the ball, and he was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, he was like, why are you inbounding the ball? Even though, you know, the ref gave it to him. And yeah. he's just like, what the hell are you doing? And you can hear him say that. And I thought that was hilarious. The second one was towards the end of the game, DA looked like he was going to shoot a three. I think the Suns were up by maybe, I think it was maybe seven or eight points. Uh, Jam says you can let me know if that's true or not. But he was uh, a three-point attempt that DA was about to shoot. And you heard you heard Paul be like, hey, no. And he gave it to Paul. Paul took some more time off the clock, hit the Good. mid-range. And it was just one of those – two of those things where when I heard that, I was just laughing. I almost crying laughing because it's just funny to see that stuff and to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and especially because – you know that that's not what we've had in the past. Is normally DA would end up taking that shot, and next thing you know, that we're not giving up. And we up. lose. Yeah, we end up losing because of that <laughs> yes. thing. So, uh, a couple things I want to point out here: Jay Schneck, one of our elite jamsters, says he's going to be at the Brooklyn game on Saturday. So, oh, very uh, cool. Jay, have fun. Maybe we'll uh, send you a link and have you come and give us a report uh, because oh, Matthew and I will probably. Idea. You know, I mean, let us know what you see there uh, because Matthew and I are going to be trying to run the podcast from our cell phones on the Las Vegas strip. So uh, it's probably going to be a shit show. Uh, (laughs) It'll be worth watching. (laughs) Tim Tompkins, shout out to him. He's watching the show right now. Uh, Former (laughs) host of the solar panel podcast. He says, oh, Vegas. And Coach Fallen Fanner says rumors Tim Tompkins isn't uh, still isn't allowed back in (laughs) Vegas. 
And if all the rumors that I hear from all the bright side guys and the fanning the flames guys is true. Yeah. I don't think you're allowed back in Vegas. Then, <laughs> so, uh, but one of these times we all got to go up to summer league up there. That'd be really, really fun. So, mm-hmm. Um, next thing I wanted to talk about tonight is Devin Booker seven for 17 from the field four for seven from three, uh, 23 total points four assists kind of in line with where he's been playing this year. Uh, he only had three rebounds, you know, entering tonight, he was uh, much more, um, active on the boards, if you will, as he's been averaging a total of about six rebounds, but he's been averaging 22.4 points. He had 23 points tonight. Matthew, what'd you see from D book? Uh, his, the way he was handling the ball, it was like slippery, like bananas. He was having a hard time in the first half. Uh, one thing that we love about Chris Paul and I love is him playing with the bench and how he's just the, their daddy basically like giving the ball, just setting them up for the perfect shots, do what he wants to do with those young guys out there. Uh, Booker was trying to do the same thing. It seemed like in the second quarter, of course, Booker probably has a little bit longer to go in his career until he can be like a Chris Paul. If he ever gets there, of course, like he's not going to be a playmaker like him, but maybe play along the younger guys, set him up and just like, you know, lally gag out there and just kind of mess around and have some fun tonight. He was just kind of turning the ball We're only for four turnovers, but they, I think they all came in the second quarter within like two minutes, two Ouch. minutes where, yeah, and he was, there was one where he just like lost the ball. Um, and it wasn't even like the defender doing anything. He just lost it. He was trying to make a move and he just lost it. And then the fast breaks, he had butterfingers too. He was kind of bobbling the ball. So rough night for Book. But that's the good thing is like he watching this game and then looking at the box score, two different things. When I watched him, I'm like, this is just an off night. You look at the box score. Maybe this just tells you how good he is now where he, he can put up the stats and have a bad game from just watching it. You know, just the eye test, looking at him, you're like, yeah, this is sloppy. The turnovers must be like seven or eight. Remember he said like the seven oh, or eight yeah. turnover games? But it was only four. So it's like it just shows how good he is now on a back-to-back where he might be tired, but he, he'll he he'll just put up the good stats still. So uh, kudos to him. And he hit a big shot towards the end of the game too. He didn't give up. And I think that the way he is playing with the bench, it, it should be something in the future to keep watching because I think when Chris Paul comes in and does it, it's fun to watch, but Booker will have the chance more and more in the future just to play with the bench guys, get them more involved and be more of a playmaker. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that and seeing if he can like improve on that going into the next few weeks or even the rest of the year. Well, and when you think about Devin Booker and you look at some of the really advanced statistics, you see that he is somebody who is a very high risk, but high reward passer. If you break down exactly, you know, there's some stat on, I forget the website that uh, I use to look up some of that stuff. Uh, But it it says just that, that listen, he's going to try to make some really high risk passes but you know ultimately they lead to really wide open shots uh you look at tonight and in the first half he had seven points and he had three turnovers on three of eight shooting so he was really focused more on trying to facilitate it it, you know chris paul was a little bit off tonight so devin booker's the guy who's going to kind of assume that playmaking role and then you look at uh the second half and then he kind of went to booker mode you know four for nine from the field uh, he went three for five from deep in the second half, five for six from the free throw line. Of course, that last miss was the last free throw of the game that would have put him up by uh, five instead of four. But he scored 16 points in the second half. And, you know, again, this can th- this is the maturity of Devin Booker in in kind of knowing when and where to turn on his game and turn off his game and to try different aspects of his game. It's something that we've talked about 
really during this win streak is seeing how the Phoenix Suns are utilizing different players to run the offense, trying to create more wrinkles. You know, it's a lot of the same offensive sets, but it's different guys starting and initiating the offense. And when that occurs, you know, that's when the defense is confused because that's the ultimate goal when you're playing offense against a defense, right? It's to create confusion to try to have their eyes trick them to go, okay, well, I've been watching tape, you know, for the past two days because, you know, San Antonio hasn't played in two days and what little, you know, whatever tape they are watching and, and what their advanced scouts are looking at. They're like, Hey, this is how the Suns are running their offense. So when you come out there and you, and you're, and they've told the players like, listen, Lonnie Walker, when they start running this play, I need you to go to this space. Cause that's going to assist in negating it. They're, they're still going to get their shot off, but if you're there and you can contest it, it there's a better opportunity. That's not going to go in. And then when Devin Booker's coming up there and he's starting to manipulate it a little bit differently, it's their their eyes are tricked on him, and that's what creates more wide open shots. You know, again, uh, Suns and Four says D book D book got a little better at shot selection, and that's what happens in the second half when you no know, when he he goes okay. Uh, you know, I've tried initiating the offense. I've thrown that at him. Well, now you've got these guys kind of reacting to what they did in the first half, and then he he adjusts it right back in the second half. And it's really fun to watch that kind of basketball. It's cerebral basketball. It's proactive, not reactive basketball. And that's what the Phoenix Suns are playing right now. They are, and they can beat you in so many different ways. And I feel like every time we go into an, another game, we talk about just like the radio announcers before the pregame, like John Bloom, they're talking about, basically the, the game before and just how they just can change so much throughout the game and then game to game to where they can just adapt to what the way the team's playing them. I think they still do that to where they go into these games and it's probably a game plan, but it's like these teams have the game plan for the Suns, right? And that's one thing we always talked about in the past. It's like, no, play your own game. And then the other teams will have to match you. And that's what's going on right now. These teams, they have to match against the Suns. The Suns, I don't feel like are too worried about it because they can beat you in so many different ways. And when you're getting different guys, the ball at the top of the key, just ready to set up an offense or bringing the ball down, the defense doesn't know what to do. And it's just another thing that other teams have to worry about. Yeah. about the Suns team that's just so deep, so talented. And they go back to the stuff in the beginning that helped them win the game or to get the big lead and that helps them win the game. So they're just they're unbeatable right now. I know the competition isn't too great, but it doesn't matter, man, because they can take it up another couple notches to beat these mm -hmm. other teams. Yeah, I mean, they're essentially waiting for that opportunity to, to play the Knicks in Madison Square Garden, yeah. to play the Nets the next night, you know, to play the Golden State Warriors, because the Suns obviously can hang with all these teams. They just figure out different ways to win. And, and when you're playing a team like the Spurs, you can try some things because you have a little bit of leeway because you have the advantage on the talent side of it. You know, I feel like last year, one, it was Chris Paul's first year with this team, and he was truly truly setting himself up as a leader and trying to dictate this offense. Uh, but two, it wasn't really a good opportunity to implement a lot of things because it was year one of this whole new system with Chris Paul at the helm. Now we're that we're in year two of this stuff. A lot of things are natural. You're going to get natural progressions on an offensive set that you didn't see last year. And it's going to equate to points. So again, the, the depth of this team, the talent of this team, coupled with the fact that this team has played together, almost every guy on the roster, I think 11 out of 15 were members of this team last year. It's going to uh, equate to a second or a sixth sense, if you will, as as to where these guys are going to be and good things are going to happen. Yeah, I agree. All right. <laughs> Thanks for watching.
DeAndre Ayton. Okay, uh, so much to talk about here, so I'm just going to start spitting stats at all you people. Okay, first off, entering this game, he was averaging 15.5 points and 11.8 rebounds. Okay, the 11.8 rebounds is the most in his career that he's averaged for a season. The 15.5 is third out of his fourth highest uh, uh, total points. Okay. Uh, again, but, but again, from a shot selection standpoint, it's also third as well. Okay. As uh, our buddy coach fallen founder says, he says Aiden has averaged 19 points and 13 boards and two assists since he returned all-star level statistics there. And you look at his performance on Monday night against the San Antonio Spurs, 21 points, 14 rebounds on 10 of 16 shooting, uh, three assists and a steal. DeAndre Ayton is playing out of his mind, man. I mean, he really is. Since he's been back, he's been unbelievably impressive in so many different ways. Uh, I was listening to the Solar Panel podcast and uh, you know, to this morning at the airport, as my flight was delayed an hour, which was fantastic. Got to say, I love it when you show up at the airport first thing in the morning and you get there <laughs> and then the plane lands from El Paso and they're like, listen, yeah. they have an air conditioning problem on this one. So we're going to mm-hmm. work on it for the next hour and then we'll put you right back up in the air. And you're like, hey, as long as you're fixing this thing on the ground and not up in the air, I'm OK. But still gives you extra time to listen to more podcasts. And one of you know, part of the conversation that uh, uh, Dave and Zona were having with and I forget the gentleman's name. He also writes for Brightside, so I'm a really bad host here by forgetting his name. Was kind of about DeAndre Ayton's max value and does he does he you know deserve a max contract and what have you? And you know uh, the, the the guest, God, I forget. I, I feel so bad for not for not quoting. I'll his look name. it up really quick. Yeah, uh, for not quoting his name. You know, he said that he he hasn't been playing to the max thus far this year. And I disagree with that. DeAndre Ayton has been playing absolutely fantastic. He's doing everything that you want a center to do. He's he, Defensively, he's been fantastic. Offensively, he's doing what he should be doing. We don't need him to Carl Anthony Towns this bitch. We don't need 30 points from him a night. We need him to know his role, Jabroni, and to execute. <laughs> and that's what he does, man. So uh, what are your thoughts? Damon Alfred. Damon Alfred, Damon yes. Alfred. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who who does a fantastic job on Bright Side of the Sun? He also mm-hmm. writes for Zona Hoops. Uh, I just thought, you know, again, his opinion was different from mine. And I have a podcast too, so I'll talk about it. Um, but but again, tell me what you saw from DA tonight, man. Like, what made him so damn effective against this Spurs team? Um, a lot of it's easy. I, I think the thing going into this game were, were the bigs that the Spurs have, and everyone kind of thought like maybe that's something the Spurs have against the Suns is the size up front. And it didn't really matter. So DA, there was a few times, of course, on defense where I feel like he could have been there on the switch, but then wasn't kind of let it lay and go once in a while. But him and him and Chris Paul had some great plays together. There were some open opportunities for him. The mismatches were just like almost always there. I feel like Lonnie Walker, um, some of the other guards, the smaller forwards were always on him on switches, but it was kind of up to him if he wanted to get the ball or not. Most of the time, I don't feel like he was, but a lot of it was like putbacks. Anything underneath the basket was pretty much golden for DA because he can out jump anybody, any kind of 50 50 ball that was down there on offensive board, he would get put back in really awkward kind of maneuvers under there to put the ball back in and a few to- on a few of them. So I have to give that to him, the outreach arms. I feel like sometimes maybe he doesn't know that he can grab the ball, but then he can surprise you, right? He can surprise you from grabbing those and awkward situations where he he's not even looking at the basket and he can just tip it in. So it's a lot of it looked easy for him tonight, um, I, I just was a good solid game, another game back to back to where he showed up. And usually you, you think like 
DA might not show up and he, you know, back to back, he might just think he's tired and stuff. Mentally, he might not be there maybe, but he hasn't been that way this year, really. And we always do talk about just the defense and the rebounding. As long as you have that mm -hmm. and how valuable that, that's worth the max to us. So anything else is really just, I don't know, it's just extra to me. I hear you. And uh, Aaron Bat in the chat says, DA not playing soft and his teammates and Chris Paul finding him. And Matthew's mentioned this before, and I think it bears repeating he's making himself more available and he's learned how to. And I think yeah. that that's a big part of what he's doing. And I think a big part of that's the influence of JaVale McGee. Cause you can't tell me that JaVale McGee doesn't make himself available. I mean, that guy, he's his wingspan. <laughs> he's like a pterodactyl out there. I was thinking yeah. of a good bit for him, Matthew. Okay. He's he, he's double zero, right? Mm -hmm. Like double Oh seven, like double O McGee or something. <laughs> Just saying. I might no, that's good. The, you could do the golden nine. Just have yes, space yes, yeah. There so, you go. I'll, I'll try. Right. To, I'll try to work on that. All right, all right. You know, but 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 again, when you have somebody like him, he he's going to learn from Javale McGee. DeAndre Ayton is. Mm -hmm. Like he's not learning from Aaron Baines, right? He, like he's not no. learning from Frank Kaminsky. Like you look at Javale McGee, a guy who's a three-time NBA champion, a guy who plays a lot like DeAndre Ayton does, uh, and he's probably showing him some little chick or uh, tricks and of the trade and showing him opportunities to, to to make himself available so you have that um you know he, he did go two for five in the fourth quarter tonight uh he did have 14 points in the first half seven in the second half which again i like to see that i like to see when i'm looking at these box scores i like to see him continually being involved in the game not just like boom you know da 18 points in the first half and then like two in the second half you know, so again, I think a lot of what he's doing is is translating to his growth and it's it's helping it's helping with the team. I mean, he's just he's so good, man. He really is. He's everything you want. You know, as you mentioned, he had a lot of these corkscrewy kind of shots, right? Those are really athletic style shots. It's not easy to do that crap, man. Like if I did that, I would throw my back out. You know, <laughs> so you know, they might not always go in, but they're still athletic and he's still yeah, he's still growing in in the NBA, he's still a young lad, if you will. And, mm -hmm. you know, part of me is still scared because I don't know what's going to happen this upcoming off season. You know, if they're going to pay him, you know, if he's, if his performances that he's doing so far this year predicates a max contract, all, all of the what ifs, but until then I'm just going to sit and yes. uh, enjoy it, dude. Everyone's nailing Please. this. McGee is, is jaws, bro. That is so true. Mm. Jaws, the Bond villain, uh, if doing the 007 reference. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Jaws is a Bond villain. It's not the Jaws shark. No, no, no. Jaws, the Bond villain. I don't know if you ever played the GoldenEye video I game. I did. I don't remember like, the he name. Was from, he was honest, from though. Moonraker, if I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, so he's a big, tall guy. He's got like Jaws, you know, and obviously he looks like uh, J JaVale McGee's got the grill in and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. So All right. We're on to something. Here we Creativity. go. It just yeah. it flows when you're talking sons, man. So appreciate that. Uh, who was that? Corey Flynn. Mad respect. Appreciate that. that yeah. That's what, that's what makes this podcast the best is it ain't us. It's you guys who are hanging out with us and you're kind of feeding off of us as well. So, uh, you know, and this is a good reminder. If you're here, hit that thumbs up button below. Subscribe, rate, review if you're listening. And all of that. The Spy Who Loved Me. I guess that's uh, thank you, Tom. Thomas. Thomas Dennett. I haven't seen you in the in the chat in a while. So <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> Appreciate yeah, you. And I'm sure all the Jamsters saw tonight. You missed a good one from McGee tonight. Uh, he had a turnaround. Uh, what did he do? 
back down turnaround fade where he was just basically looked like Dirk back there. Nothing but net, just gentle touch. The best thing about it is just like how he just, he knows it's going to go in. He's running down the court already when it's going through the hoop. So he, he knows exactly what he's doing out there, even though sometimes it might not look like it, but he has so many things in the future that are coming up, Suns fans, that we just have to look forward to. Like if you are looking forward to Devin Booker, you're looking forward to DeAndre Ayton, who might be the most exciting player when they have a great game. The best thing to look forward to is what's what's McGee gonna yeah, do? Yeah, what's next? McGee gonna what's do? What's gonna surprise us with? Is it gonna be good or bad? There's maybe three bad things he's done, but they've been funny. So he's always every night, there's always something new, man, with this guy. Well, and you look at his production tonight, in 15 minutes, he had 14 points, seven of nine from the field, eight rebounds, 14 and eight in, in four or yeah, yeah, 14 and eight in 15 minutes. I mean, the production that we're getting out of JaVale McGee is probably unlike anything we've seen from a backup center uh, mm-hmm. ever. You know, I was trying to think of it. And, you know, one thing I'm doing is we, we talked about a little bit on the podcast yesterday. So I'm starting to put together a piece for brightsideofthesun.com. So if you guys get a chance, stop by brightsideofthesun.com. You know, we, we know you like to watch. We know you like to listen. If you like to read, uh, you know, Matthew and I have stuff on there as well. And I'm talking about how JaVale McGee and DeAndre Ayton you know, are they the best one-two center duo in Suns history? Because at first I was going to do like the NBA, but there's some good duos out there. And if you start to look statistically, like statistically we're kind of average. But if you look kind of, well, we're above average. You know, we're like the 10th best starting center duo and throwing in Frank Kaminsky's numbers as well. But if you mm-hmm. look at kind of the Suns history, it's like when have the Suns ever had this kind of one-two punch? I mean, you could go all the way back to like the 92, 93 Suns when they had Mark West and Oliver Miller. But outside of that, like Amari, I guess, was a five when we had Channing Fry coming off the bench. Like, you know, Alex Len, so Alex Len and Miles Pumley. I mean, Fabio that was, nailed that Pumley one. Led the, he, Pumley led the league in rebounding for like four games. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and I was pretty excited about that. <laughs> there was so much hope. So much hope. Yeah. You know, but again, that's that's what we have right now is we're experiencing the best center duo in Suns history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have two guys who really play. I feel similarly, uh, but one has a very high motor and the other is just kind of a laid back dude who just kind of plays within the confines of the offense, but is unbelievably effective. Uh, Shaq and Amari Suns and four says, I, you know, but I feel like on those teams, Amari was the four. You know, they what brought a blur Shaq that in. was, wasn't it? Yeah, but and Amari was hurt. That year. Wasn't yeah, yeah, but wasn't he like hurt for the majority of the time? So Amari, I don't know. Amari was hurt a lot, man. I mean, yeah. remember, when, remember when he like he had the eye problem? There was like, always he, something. He had the microfracture surgery. Now he came fine. back, and then he had like an eye, like he got poked in the eye, and he was out for a bunch yeah. of time. But now anyways. he's just a beautiful man walking around. Nothing's wrong with him. <laughs> I loved Amari Stoudemire, man. He yeah, was like he was, he was one of my he was one of my absolute oh, favorites. He was sick, man. Dude, he was. He was just so goddamn explosive. It was so much fun to play with on NBA 2K. Uh Cameron Johnson tonight. I just want to give him a quick shout out. One for six from the field, one for three from deep, three total points, two assists, one steal. What did you see from your boy after he had his his career <laughs> high the night before? Uh he's <laughs> the one who definitely had the uh uh the the back to back hangover, if you will. Did he go out and party too much last night? Yeah, he might have, but I don't know. I mean, what do you want me to say about this guy? I mean, he has the one good game, and then everyone thinks like, hey, we should bet on this guy six man of the year or something. No, I don't. I think it's still a lot more in progress for him. Of course, the shot is short offseason, so 
I'm not too worried when these games do happen. And because the one reason, like I said last pod, where Chris Paul probably told his team, hey, you want to score 40 points in one game, it's not going to happen because this team is just so spread out. It's like if you're going to have a bad game, there's going to be someone else like Shamit that can come in and pick up your pieces. And that's what happened tonight when Shamit did take over and a few stretches down, even at the end of the game, hit a big three. So whenever one guy like Cam Johnson, who is still in that group of players that just are not going to be there every night for the team, then you have someone to back him up. So that's where I'm at right now with him. I'm not too upset or everything because he, he has the hustle too, man. If he was just a shoot, a knockdown shooter that was just missing every night, not doing anything else, then yeah, I would be pissed off, but no, he's doing everything else. He's like a Jay Crowder in a way to where, He's going to go one for six and then do other things. He's going to be noticeable in the court because of the hustle. So not too worried at all. Uh, understandable. Completely understandable. You know, it's again, a role... me, aren't you? no, no, I'm just saying like <laughs> role players, are, role players there. are role players and you know, <laughs> they're, they're going to play their role. Um, okay. So, so tell me real quick what you saw from Abdul Nader tonight. Oh, nothing. He no, okay. played, right? Bam. No, no he, he didn't. He played uh 50 minutes actually. No, yeah, I, I think he, I think he was the water boy tonight, and he, he was going to give Devin Booker some water, and he missed that shot too. So uh, <laughs> he, he laid off, his, off his cheek. He just bang, he, he it off to, his cheek. He went to go dunk, and he bricked it. Yeah, that's so, so rude. God, yeah. we're such assholes. Uh, but but back to Landry Shamit. You know, you, you look at his performance tonight, and as as you referenced, you know, he ended with the eleven points, four four for seven from the field, three from five from downtown. He also had five assists. You know, and I think that's important as we've talked about recently how he is starting to initiate some offense. He's finding his comfort zone in doing so. And that's what Monty Williams has started to do. Uh, he did about two games ago when you start to see those sets where it was Cam Johnson campaign and Landry Shamit. Landry Shamit's actually running the offense. Um, tell me, what did you see from Landry Shamit tonight? Well, when you get the assist, you realize he's slowing the game down. You know, just like me, I might speak too fast and then get out of breath. And then like, you know, I pretty much said nothing in a, in a short amount of time. So the way he plays offensively, if he wants to be a playmaker, he can do that. He can speed things up and cause chaos in a bad way. He can turn the ball over, just not set up anybody for anything, really, because he's just too fast. He, sometimes he just speeds it up and he's too excited. So slowing it down, he'll get those assists. The eight points where he scored in the first half, that's just perfect. Th those are things that that's why we have him because when Booker does struggle in the first half and he comes in, he can knock down a couple threes, get to the rim, have a have a big dunk. What he did was he, he hit a couple threes. It, it set him up for a guy to drive at him on defense. And then he does a pump fake, goes by, dunk. So those are little things that he will probably try to improve on. To Of course, if he gets a shot to go down, it helps. But the way he was tonight is exactly what we need. Eight points. Oh, who cares? But that's perfect. That is exactly mm -hmm. what we need him to do on the court. So if he can do that, and even if he doesn't ever exceed like the eight or ten points a night, I don't care, man. That's what we need. That's what we need, man. Well, and as many of the Jamsters are bringing up in the chat, he led the team in assists tonight with five. Oh, boy. He you did, know? Huh? I mean, yeah. there, you, there you go. So, yeah, I don't yeah. care. You know, again – it's not always about the statistics. It's about the level of engagement in the offense and on the defense of a player. And, you know, it's like you mentioned with Cam Johnson. It's not about the statistics tonight. One for six from the field. Yeah, whatever. He was still running around, uh, creating havoc and defending. So, you know, you don't need to be a 30 points a night guy because you see a lot of that in the NBA. You see some guys who go for 30 a night and their teams are just getting, you know, boat raced. And it's because they don't have balance. And the Phoenix Suns, when you have 
performances like Landry Shamit going eight points, five uh, assists, leading the team in assists. That's balance, man. That's somebody stepping up when somebody else couldn't. You know, like we mentioned, Chris Paul didn't have the greatest night tonight. Okay, didn't shoot well, only had four assists. But when Cameron Payne comes in the game and Landry Shamit come in the game and they end up combining for 31 total points and eight assists, you know what? The the team's going to be all right, man. The team's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what other statistic that I want to bring up here before I went on to the next thing? I was just looking at it. You know, you might be thinking I'm listening to Matthew the entire time, but I'm actually not. I'm actually looking at stats. Oh, yeah. I was, looking at, <laughs> oh, I was looking at team stats. Okay. So this is something we mentioned coming into this game that Craig, yeah. Craig, Craig Popovich, uh, Greg's brother, Craig. Uh, I like Greg. Greg on Succession, probably my favorite character. You oh, watching don't Succession have, right now? Yeah, I'm. I'm two episodes behind. Don't hate okay. me. I just, I'm not. I'm. Oh, you're I'm busy. You're busy yeah. eating salads and getting food getting coma from coma salad. Toast. Yeah. What kind of salad was it? Where'd you go? Salad and go. <laughs> yeah, I got extra chicken and shrimp added on to it. So it was. Whoa! You got two yeah. two shrimps and a chicken. What kind yeah. of salad? Got the um, Brussels sprouts one. So, uh you got the seasonal. Yeah. Season. I love so salad the best go. ones. The problem with salad and go is they give you way too much fucking lettuce, man. That's why I get spinach. I don't get the lettuce. I you, say you, you can ask spinach. for spinach. Yeah, just spinach. That way, it's just more of a hearty meal for you, dude. You just changed my life, dude. Because they give they just pump that son of a bitch yeah, full of romaine. Lettuce, no, yeah. it's gross. Anyways, uh, quick side salad conversation. Salad so, sweat. so the the San Antonio Spurs. Killed the Suns in the paint tonight. 70 of their 111 points came in the paint. The Suns mm-hmm. had 52 points in the paint. But you look at the three-point line, they were five for 20. And we mentioned this coming into this as we as we did our preview. We said, hey, the one thing that you're going to have an advantage on with the San Antonio Spurs is they don't like to shoot the three, nor can they shoot the three. They're, it's funny that DeMar DeRozan isn't on this team anymore. Because they, I feel like it's, there's a bunch of DeMar DeRozans. Because DeMar didn't like to shoot the three, right? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And when you first watch this game, you, you think they're so big at first. And then they kind of just get smaller and smaller as the game goes on. I think it's just because, yeah, they're getting in the paint. But I think the Suns defense really kind of let them in like kind of like the upper key area, get some floaters up. Kind of like, yeah, go ahead. Try to make a yeah. weird, awkward shot in the paint. But they made them, and if you're not, you're, if you want to beat the Suns, you got to make threes. It's just as simple as that. Yeah, because again, we can beat you in so many different ways. But you see, they went they went five for twenty from three. The Suns went twelve for twenty seven. That's forty four percent. So yeah. again, you know, they won the battle down low. We won the battle of the perimeter, and ultimately win the game by only four. Uh, so looking at the Spurs, was there anybody who really? You know, caught your eye. You know, you have Keldon Johnson, who's a, a, an Olympic gold medalist. He ends with eight points on four of seven shooting. You have Dejounte Murray, who is their their one potentially offensive threat. You know, he scores eighteen points on nine of twenty two shooting. Uh, he did get a triple double. He did have eleven assists and ten rebounds. So statistically, it looks like a good game. But nine for twenty two. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody that you saw that caught your eye, or were you just like? Eh. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, Devin Fassell. So Fassell is a guy that we wanted in the draft, but it's like uh, he's kind of close to Bridges. I think he is closer than people realize to a Bridges because of three-point shooting. He's longer. Of course, you can't be as long as Bridges, but they're like the same kind of size. 
and him cutting and, and getting to the basket. He's shooting like the mid range, like bridges. So I don't know if anybody's really asked him like who he bases his game off of. I maybe bridges is too early in his career for someone to base their game off of him, but it just, it seems like that. And you know what jamsters, let me know if this is true or not. And maybe just because we're watching them side by side, this game, I'm like, Oh, he kind of reminds me of bridges, but he does. And I'm glad to see that because I think he could have been a really great player no matter what team he was on. Of course, he has to go to the Spurs, but I'm not saying he's going to be a great player, but he's he's pretty freaking good. I like him. Um, the shooter also, um, I don't know how I forget his name all the time, Lonnie Walker. Yeah. he He's he's a knockdown shooter. I like to see him. Um, he's another really, guy we liked in the draft. We, we did. And I just think that they have something there, but the, the team is just so weird and mismatched and they're all like the same size and then they had like the two big guys in the middle. So... I, I just think that Vassell was the one guy that stuck out to me tonight for sure. Well, and Devin Vassell coming off the bench, still played 30 minutes, had 17 points, uh, three rebounds, one assist on seven of 12 shooting, including three of six from downtown. So to your point, you know, the, the San Antonio Spurs went five for 20. Three of those five were from Devin Vassell. Uh, does he look the same defensively as Mikel Bridges or just offensively? Defensively, he's there. He's a very good defensive player. It's just the length that Bridges has – it's just it's detrimental sick. to the, the opposing teams. Like you just, you can't compare it, man. Vassell is just a little bit smaller than him. Yeah. I think it's a good point you make about the San Antonio Spurs and their roster buildup. I feel like they have a lot of repeat players. You know, I really do. And you know, yeah. that, that can be a good thing. Uh, but I feel like because of that, it's really hard to start developing specific guys into specific roles because you're like, Oh, uh, well, you know, like, Keldon Johnson, um, that's also Devin Vassell. Lonnie Walker, that's also DeJounte or uh, uh, Derek White. You know, so it's again, they, they got a lot to figure out there in San Antonio, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> you can figure it out uh, yeah. as long as you want. I don't give a shit. And Dead Neville said, uh, We got the original meaning, Mikhail Vassell is just a uh, Mikhail knockoff. And yeah. That's- Probably a pretty good comparison, yeah. Yeah, really. And that's what we thought he'd be coming out of Florida State. Uh, shout yeah. out to Carlos Johnson. Dropped four ninety nine in the super chat. He said plus thirteen. Cheers. We appreciate that very much. We're giving we're getting ever so close to Christmas, which means means we can get Matthew that Cam Johnson jersey um, to 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 hang up right next to his TJ Warren jersey. Give me some hair plugs. Let's <laughs> his, make it worth it, huh? Be a All right. And his Josh Jackson Never gonna jersey. shave. A couple Capricorns. Never <laughs> gonna shave your head. <laughs> Stupid! Oh man! All right, I what do we get? What What do we got next? Oh, I. Jam star of the game. All right, jamsters, if you're watching along live, let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is, and this is a good opportunity to hit that thumbs up button, okay? Or if you're listening, subscribe, okay? Hit it. Hit it. All right, Matthew, jam star, fire away. You guys are not going to like mine. I'm actually going to choose Shaman. I know Cameron Payne came off the bench and really gave the Suns a whole lot of energy and saved it from the yelling. You know, just build it up inside of them and use it in different areas um, on the court. I honestly, I, I think that Shaman, just in the time that he spent getting us, like keeping us ahead of the Spurs in the second, I just, that's the one thing that really caught my eye. It's probably because I fell asleep through the whole rest of the game. So I'm going to actually got shook. I didn't. I swear I did not fall asleep. But that's the one thing that I really noticed. And of course, Cameron Payne. But I got to give it to Shamit today, I think. And that's probably stupid, but I'm just going to be different, right? Well, if like you look, always. If, yeah, that's, that, that's the Matthew thing. Okay. When people zig, you don't zag, you zoog. But if you look at the Phoenix Suns in in that third quarter, you know, that was the quarter, right? They scored 33 points to the San Antonio Spurs, 24 points. It was 
De- you know, DeAndre Ayton had eight points in that quarter, but campaign had five. Uh, Cam Johnson had his three. JaVale had three. Or I'm sorry, JaVale had five. Shamit had five. I mean, it was it, that that's, you know, we, we talk about this with this team is, you know, the, the offense in theory, this is how basketball should work is the offense plays well. And then when they sit down, or I'm sorry, the first team plays well. And when they sit down, the second team comes in and they continue that. And it's just kind of this continual thing. And for the most part, until like the final three minutes of the game, you know, the part I got to tune in for, that's what this team was doing is they just were continually picking each other up, picking each other up, picking each other up, continuing to score, continuing to stop the Spurs from doing so. And then the last, you know, three minutes, they just, the, the Spurs went on that 16 to four run to make it a four point win for the Phoenix suns and probably ruin a lot of parlays for people and such, because I bet <laughs> you that they were sitting there, you know, they, they, I think it was a plus eight for the suns or something like that. So people were like, yeah. Oh, okay. They, well, we got, I got this one in the bag. And then of course, you know, the Phoenix suns in true fashion, oh, no, we'll let them in, you know? So, uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm I'm going to go with DA. I see the stats. I see kind of what he did tonight. I see his impact on the game, and I see that he did it after having a solid game last night. And again, I'm just continually, continually uh, impressed with the man of the manner in which he plays. So, uh, shout out to DA once again. I think that's back to back nights for me that he is my jam star of the game. You know you can't bet it, bet on it, bet on it, bet on it. All right, bet on it. We put a dollar down, and uh, you tell us what to bet on. So tonight it was money line and total points. So Suns win, and under 220.5 points was the winner tonight. We had 60% of our jamsters said to do that. I haven't even done the math. Did we win that one? Nah, we fucking math. One, one, five. <laughs> Plus one 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 equals two twenty six. Oh, we didn't hit this one either, man. That's oh another gosh. dollar loss. I bet on that too. It was uh, plus it was plus one seventy seven. I'm like, that's gonna happen tonight. The Suns letting the Spurs come back in. Who did it? Fuck it. Fucked us, man. God damn it. <laughs> one of these days we'll get these these bets right. We so that puts us, I think, at, at minus because I'm not doing it every game. Because uh, I got a family to feed, uh, but I think our year-to-date winnings are now negative seven dollars and fifty-five cents. So we'll <laughs> okay, get there. Man. We'll get there. Oh, geez. All right. <laughs> Next up for the Suns, they are playing the Cavs on Wednesday night. They're going up to Cleveland. Uh, this is a team that obviously the Phoenix Suns have already played earlier in the season. Uh, you know what sucks is you know we talked about in the last pod. Um, I'm not going to be able to do this one because I literally like will be in the air. My flight leaves right when our show would begin. So I'm going to be able to see the game, but I won't be able to talk about it unless you want to do like a later pod. Like when I get home, we can sit and talk about it. Your call. We'll see. Yeah, I did reach out to Flex. He said he'll let me know. Okay, um, cool. He says he has some stuff going on. Of course. I mean, it's, it's the night before Thanksgiving. It's, the night before it's, Thanksgiving. it's a weird... Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll either way. There's gonna be a post game pod. And, and so. here's the reason I bring this up is like I wasn't there for the last Cleveland Cavaliers game because that you was miss Ricky. I, yeah, I miss Ricky. Oh, I miss watching the game. That, that that's when I was at the Halloween party dressed up as Uncle Fester, and I didn't have an opportunity to talk about it. Now, obviously, there's gonna be no Evan Mobley in this game, but uh, this is a team that, if you recall, the Suns beat 101 to 92 
And that is the game that started our current winning streak. They had lost uh, to what three nights before to the Sacramento Kings, one ten to one oh seven, and then they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then boom, shakalaka! Now we've won thirteen straight. So looking at this game, knowing that the Cleveland Cavaliers will be without Evan Mobley, mm-hmm. their fantastic rookie, what are you looking for? Uh, who else is out? Uh, uh, Colin Sexton. A, he's out Sexton's, for the season. Yeah. He's out for the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, right now you have Isaac. Isaac Okoro mm-hmm. in the starting lineup, but Ricky, of course, is getting a lot of minutes. But the guy to watch really right now is Darius Garland. I think he's the guy that everyone's yes. talking about. Kevin and I Durant. haven't watched him play yet. I haven't, yeah, I haven't watched him play yet. So I'm excited to watch him play and actually see what kind of freaking game he has because I haven't had a chance to even see the guy. But of course, Papa Ricky, you want to see this guy play and get the opportunity he has with Cleveland. Uh, last game, though, Darius Garland, 24 points, 11 assists against Brooklyn. So, guys, for real. I mean, 9 for 27, though, from field goal attempts. So, you know this team, of course, young. Get the field goal attempts up. It's basically your team right now with Mobley out. Okoro is a great guy to have right next to you. But this guy is the one guy to really focus on when watching the Cavs and see if you can stop him. And if not, maybe as Suns fans, we can just enjoy it. Because you know it's going to be another Suns win, right? Oh, hell yeah. It's going to be it's gonna be another Suns win. So, we can just enjoy this guy's game. And this young youngster who came out and honestly when he came out he was supposed to be pretty freaking good and then had a couple years of just like "Eh," and then now he's sprouting so that's awesome well and i also think that you know part of his career has been trying to figure out and cleveland trying to figure out how he fits because essentially you know they had garland and sexton you know that's sex land you know that was kind of their moniker uh but they're just trying to figure out how they fit and they play together now that colin sexton's out for the entire season with a knee issue like this kid's going to blow up, man. This kid's going to blow up. And Kevin Durant called so it just too. like he called Devin Booker. So this is definitely a guy to keep your eyes on. But the Jamsters are calling for something that we need to keep our eyes on. That's the Ricky Rubio shampoo commercial. Limpieza profunda e higiene. Confía en HS para un pelo 100% libre de caspa. Clínicamente probado. HS, shampoo número uno en España. I missed oh, I gotta, that I lush, I gra- beautiful hair. I had to grab a pillow, so um, <laughs> uh, so for Ricky, it, it's funny because every time I have uh, Suns Geek on here, he always talks about Ricky Rubio, even though we're not playing the freaking cast. So I, I play like every time he's on here. So if Flex doesn't fall through, then of course I'll ask um, Suns Geek. But I just I want to give Suns Geek a, a break. You know, I don't want to yeah. keep asking him. So well, I wanna, if he's on, I'll have to play it again I, with him. I want to be three. on the damn thing. It's just like I'll get home at like ten o'clock at night. And then get home like so, like ten thirty. So, I mean, it'll be a late pod, but we might do a late pod just so I can talk about what I see because I love I love watching the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're one of the teams that I enjoy watching. Like, were you even gonna be able to watch it though? Yeah, because I'll be watching it like at the airport, waiting to get on my flight, and then I'll get on my flight like literally when the pod would go live. I leave it like okay. seven thirty nine, which is like oh, okay, right okay. when the pod goes okay, live, okay. so I don't get to talk about it right then. So, oh, you know what? Let's let's do that because I had plans Wednesday night, and I totally forgot about the Suns game. I can do my, I can go do my little cigar smoking, cool with the boys, you know, and then I can with the come fellas back and do a podcast. All right, let's do that. Perfect, perfect. All right, that works out. See, it all works out in the end, and this is how we figure out how we're gonna do things. Is is we don't text each other. The only time I ever talk to Matthew is actually when I see him on this. Uh, this podcast and then we work on our programming notes right in front of you so that's uh that's the cool stuff there all right one thing i wanted to bring up real quick is we got an apple five-star review yes so thank you to right. uh satamo 13 went and and said the best sons podcast out there so as i've mentioned if you go on apple podcast and give us a five-star review and you write something 
I don't care if you say chicken wing, chicken wing. I'm going to sit here and sing, sing, sing it. So, uh, but this one says, I've been <laughs> okay. following your podcast for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is the only podcast I follow consistently. It seriously makes my day. I fall asleep listening to it and wake up in the morning and finish it. I love the new childhood trauma segment. Uh, I, I wanted to share my son's childhood trauma. Mine started by winning ice cream at the Phoenix Suns game and the gorilla hand delivered it to my section after nachos, pizza, and then ice cream at seven years old. I threw up on everyone in my dad's nineties oh son's gosh. poofy jacket, which is probably one of those starter jackets. Those are awesome. Ne needless to say, we didn't finish watching the game. Sad face. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> I think we've all been. There. That sucks. Oh man! Oh, so that's again, really bad. Th thank you for the five five star review. <laughs> uh, I I don't have a drop yet. I did I did have one of my cousins say the words childhood trauma. So I'm gonna mm -hmm. I'm gonna make the drop for that. But yeah, Matthew, you know we got about five minutes left on the. Let's pod. do it. Let's talk about some little childhood trauma. So let me go first, though. Could I? Because I I'm please, not gonna want to try to top yours. Okay, no, so. No. <laughs> This uh, this one's my own fault, though. I think most of them, when you're a kid, it's your own fault. You don't know what's really going on, but hey, they're yelling at you, so you did something wrong. Um, so I was, I think I was five years old, and I thought it was, I, I thought it was a little boy, but I guess it was a little girl that I was with hanging out at my house, and my mom. Of course, everyone was there, but for some reason, we wanted out in the front yard. I don't know if this is when my mom used to be a druggie or something, or who's watching <laughs> the mom, kids. Your mom no, is never a druggie. Never, never. Your a mom is a saint. Kid. Yeah, she would never. I don't, maybe we, maybe in the past. But she, uh, she, she let us out front for some. No one was watching, so we got in the van. And how old and were we you? Started, five years old. We got in the van, and the keys were in there. We started it, and we rolled down the hill. Oh no! no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we rolled down. I'm just then, glad you spent. Okay, so this is your family van, not like some random van yeah. of some. No, it's a family van. van. Okay, there's not like some so guy pulled up. He's like, the, get in the van. I don't know if I grabbed the keys and just knew what I was doing, but I got in. I got in there, rolled down, and then uh, they stopped. Of course, it came out. I'm not sure. Maybe we honked the horn or something because we we're just we didn't know what we were doing. Or they realized we, you were gone. Yeah, yeah. And I remember coming back in the house. And this is like the only thing I remember is just being in the living room and just like getting spanked, you know, and just like not even knowing what the hell's going on. So I don't even remember the actual part of me driving the van. I just remember that from. Now, when my mom tells me, she's like, "Yeah, we started laughing about that later on." But I just remember getting my butt whooped after. Yeah, that's all oh, I remember. Man. A little traumatic, but I mean, it was worth it, right? <laughs> uh, Fabio says, "I thought Lissy said he was getting a stranger's van." That's what I thought at first. Too. I'm like, "Hold on, what happened?" I'm like, "This is beyond childhood trauma. Like, you need to go to the police." Uh, but no, okay. So, so you, I don't think I've ever done that. I can't say that I ever took the keys and started my parents' car without their knowledge, at least. Um, uh, so childhood trauma for me, I don't know where I should begin, Matthew. Uh, where, where, where should I begin? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You you had to have a timeline just mapped out already, right? Okay, so so I'll start at the beginning, okay? Uh, okay. So I can at least kind of start at the beginning. And as the, as we do these segments, you know, we're not going to do them every show. Uh, but if we have a little bit of uh, time at the back, and we'll do them just because I think it's kind of funny. And it's, it's a better way for you guys to know us. And this is kind of like therapy. Uh, so... I love my dad. Okay, my dad. My name is John Void of the Third, so I'm named after my father. John, what are you already laughing? Because you just, I love your dad stories. I just, like yeah. Him. Well, <laughs> especially when I start to do the voice, he was like, "What do you mean?" But uh, yeah. so so my so my dad is. This is a mouthful, but I've said it a gazillion times. 
and I, and I love him and I, in the no way, shape or form, I'm making fun of my dad, uh, but just to understand who he is and who I am growing up in this environment. So my dad's a paranoid, schizophrenic, <laughs> manic, depressive with agoraphobia. Uh, and due to that, you know, and, and my dad, you know, one of the smartest human beings that I know, uh, somebody who, who, <laughs> Well, it's just it, it's crazy because like my dad <laughs> double majored at Loyola Marymount University in theology and economics. And yep. part of the reason he did that is he didn't want to go to Vietnam. So he just stayed in school. So he didn't have to go to Vietnam. And then once he got out, out finished with school, you know, he they uh, uh, they ran the test on him and he was like four F or whatever it is. Like he had flat feet or something. So they wouldn't have sent him anyways. Uh, but, you know, Chemical went went haywire in his brain. Paranoid schizophrenia took over, and still somehow, some way, he like he pulled my mom. Mm -hmm. Like he met my mom like five years later, married her, had five kids. I'm the second oldest of of five kids. I have an older sister, three little brothers, and you know, so my dad he's he's always been on disability. Uh, my mom was always the one who went into work. She worked graveyard shift, what have you. So what my dad did, and something that he's done since he was a teenager, is he raised homing pigeons. So I grew up with homing pigeon lofts in the backyard. And my dad, you know, again, there's that fine line between genius and crazy. You know, my dad is, is borderline genius, but due to his, you know, mental uh, uh, disability, you know, he, he, he had paranoid schizophrenia. So what can I say? But I mean, he, he used to write for the Pigeons Digest, which is a thing. It's a really big sport. Mike Tyson does. It's really big sport over in, uh, uh, Europe and Belgium, especially. So where I'm going with the story is I'll never forget my first time going to one of my friend's house. I was like five years old, right? First grade kindergarten kid lived down the street. We went to the same school. And my, when I walked in the backyard, I was with my mom and my mom was there and his mom was there and we were both there. And my reaction, when I looked at his backyard is I go, where's the pigeon lofts? And my mom just starts dying laughing. And, you know, that was kind of the moment that she realized she's like, oh, my kid's being raised in a not normal environment. Because when I see somebody else's backyard, I'm like, well, where's the pigeons? You know, like, doesn't everybody have pigeons? You know, so that's the basis of a lot of stories that will come. OK, I was uh, like, that's a good start, right? Yes, it is. It's, it's pretty. Good I grew up with pigeons uh, and that's like where the child. <laughs> yes, that's where the childhood trauma began. So. Uh, on that note, Jamsters, we appreciate you hanging out. Uh, I see that a lot of viewers left once we started talking about our childhood. So <laughs> we went down 20, just like that. <laughs> People are like, oh, fuck these guys. I don't care. I want them here to talk about the Suns. And you know what? For the most part, we talk about the Suns, but it's yeah. it's fun to, to share the traumas that occur mm. and what have you. But uh, we look forward to seeing you again on Wednesday night when the Phoenix Suns go for number 14 in a row. Uh, Matthew and I will be live after that Cavs game. It will be a little bit later. It won't be directly after the game. It'll probably be a couple hours later. Uh, so please come and join us then as well. Uh, I know you will. You jamsters are great. I remember we did the same thing after we went to a couple playoff games and man, we still had uh, all the jamsters were there strong watching along with us. So we, uh, <laughs> Fabio, your dad's pigeons are more interesting than the Spurs facts that is true oh my gosh that was perfect <laughs> <laughs> so, so on that note this is your reminder please follow the show on twitter at sun's jam you can follow me on twitter at darth voida you can follow matthew on twitter at matthew Lassie. and we will see you on wednesday night until then let's go sons baby and uh have a fantastic night watch out for pigeons mm. rats with wings <laughs> go home and love your family go home and love your pigeons